Hey, glad you can make it. And welcome to the Employee Cycle Podcast, where we talk to HR innovators, thought leaders, and even some disruptors about the latest in HR trends, HR tech, and you guessed it, HR data. Well, you've heard enough of me talking. Now let's start the show, 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 show. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the Employee Cycle Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Marable, CEO of Employee Cycle. And you know us, we're that HR analytics dashboard that's helping all you HR and people leaders out there automate your HR reporting process. We've heard you complain about pulling messy spreadsheets from different systems, trying to build pivot tables, if some of you even know what that is, to try to better understand and analyze all your workforce data. You're always saying it's tedious, it's time-consuming, and it's just not the best way to be doing this. Well, that's why we built Employee Cycle with pre-built integration connectors to the most popular HR systems out there. We can help you quickly and easily pull all that data into one dashboard so you can view, share, track, and analyze all that data from one place. Go to EmployeeCycle.com, check it out. We'd love to give you a demo to explore how we could become your HR dashboard partner. But that's enough about me and our company, because today we have an awesome guest on the show. So please help me welcome Tanya Lujan. She's the Senior HR Manager at Clinicis. And today we're talking about how to merge multiple cultures under one combined company. Tanya, welcome to the podcast. Woo! Go, Tanya! Welcome! Thanks for having me. Of course, and I couldn't be more excited because this is Tanya's very first podcast, so this makes my heart smile. So, Tanya... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're going to do great. And so, Tanya, we want to kick this off the best way we know how, and that's by asking you, how did you end up in the wonderful world of HR? Good question. So um, right out of school, I wanted to be in HR. That's what I studied for. Jumped right in and kind of forced my way in, if you will. I was working for a bank in college and basically created my own internship and said, hey, part of my Part of my college courses requires me to do an internship. Can I create this as a proposal and do this here at the bank? And they agreed to it. And then from there, I got my first official HR opportunity with that same bank in their headquarters um, states away. So um, that was my foot in the door into HR. I've been in the field for about 20 years or so and um, have worked in almost every aspect of HR, whether it was processing, you know, starting processing I-9s and hundreds of thousands of leaves of absence for a large banking corporation to moving into being an HR generalist and an HR business partner, and then now into a senior manager role, head of talent and acquisition at another company. I think, you know, the wide variety of experience that I've received over the years and the great number, I think, of leaders that I've been able to work under has just been phenomenal. And so now using all of that experience to work for one of the largest um, corporations for healthcare IT software and loving it. Awesome. And thank you so much for that comprehensive origin story. That was great. All right, Tanya. So today we're talking about how to merge multiple cultures under one combined company. And before we dig deep into this, I want to ask you, 
What is your definition of culture and what does that include? Culture includes how your employees feel in your company about who they can be in the organization, how they can contribute to the organization, and whether or not they're allowed to be who they are in the organization. And knowing that the corporation that they're working for, the company that they're working for, has the same vision and values that they do. And I think, you know, without those two things in place, vision and values, and and aligning them with with what the employee wants, the culture suffers. Got it. So today we're talking about how do you merge these cultures that you just described. And I know in prep for this call, you mentioned that your company has merged, acquired, combined with a few different companies where you're now looking to figure out how do you take the culture and the predefined culture of multiple companies and try to bring that into one. So I'd be curious to learn and for you to share from our for our audience. What does that look like? And how do you even start doing that? Because that sounds pretty difficult. It is. You know, our our company has done several different things to make sure that we are doing the right thing by employees, whether it's first taking a look at, you know, benefits and things that they've had in their previous companies that we want to make sure are equitable in their current roles, or taking a look at you know, leadership across the companies and how they align to different leaders throughout the organization in different areas of the, of the market. Um, we may have uh, employees now that in Germany that report to a U.S. leader or vice versa. And is that the right thing for that group or that department or that employee? And so really looking closely at what decisions are being made, how they're being made, and whether it's the right thing for the culture of the company and for the employees are all things that you know are being considered, as well as training for um, employees and leaders. Um, leaders are now faced with leading employees across the world, engaging with employees who have different cultures themselves, and getting to know the different nuances that people have across the, the globe that may be very different from what they're used to. And so cultural training is a huge part of that. When you think about some of the areas where the culture might clash or just be very different from what all the different individual companies are used to, is there a small category or a core group of cultural attributes that you're finding. So things like benefits that we have or how we communicate verbally or non-verbally or if communication styles, one company might be a Slack company versus another company, a Zoom company. Am I thinking about this correctly? I, I think so. And there's a lot of those. And, and I think that's what makes this so complex is that Communication styles are very different across across the globe. Um, I'll give you an example. Um, some of our um, employees in India um, will shake their head left to right in agreement with something versus in the U.S. we shake our head up and down 
saying, you know, saying, yes, we agree with something. And so that just that little nuance, if you're not used to it, can confuse somebody in communicating, you know, communicating with somebody in India to, uh, versus the U.S. Other things like um, understanding the differences between benefits across um, organizations um, and the differences of what's offered to somebody who is going on parental leave in the UK versus the US, um, where they get six months off in the UK or up to a year, excuse me, in the UK. And in the US, under FMLA, we get 12 weeks. And then, of course, you know, depending on the state you're in, um, you may get more. But those kind of differences and understanding those, knowing those, educating leaders on those differences and how it's going to affect their business is has been critical in, in bringing companies together. For the example that you mentioned in regards to shaking your head left and right versus up or down, how do you actually deal with something like that? Because I'm assuming there's also a component to this where you don't want to offend a certain person and or group or entire culture of an entire company trying to join with the rest. So how do you do that while also being sensitive to the cultural norms that might not even just be about the company, but literally might be about a person's culture based off of their ethnicity? Yes. Good question. And people ask that all the time, especially our leaders, um, because those are difficult things to try to understand if you're not having those conversations. And that's where where I direct people to have those conversations directly with their employees one-on-one. I've had the opportunity to do that with my own employees and say, how would you prefer that I communicate with you? Is there a preference? And what do you mean when you do this? Or what is it that I can do to clarify what I'm saying when there is something that you're not understanding? Because there's also, you know, you have to think about your own nuances, right? Everybody is different. And so if you're so used to, for example, shaking your head up and down in the U.S., somebody else may not realize what it is that you, you know, what that means um, or what that gesture might mean, or if you're using your hands or if you're, you know, something of that nature. So it's really important just to have those open and honest conversations with employees about what they expect from you in order to communicate effectively. In the process of bringing all these different companies together, were there HR leaders coming from all the different companies and representing the culture of each one to then do some type of Venn diagram, let's call it. So you have three different companies, three different circles, and then figure out what's the core culture of all three, or did it start some other way? I think it did start some other way, but that is one thing that I think we're in the process of now. Um, I don't know that in bringing the three companies together that it was really understood how very different bringing those cultures together could be. And so right now we are going through that process of really determining some core things that we can do to help with that. Got it. So as we think about bringing these different cultures together under one combined company, what would be the ideal state for you and your team? If you could look down the line, six months, 12 months, maybe 24 months. And you said, wow, this was hard. It was difficult. 
there was a lot of nuance involved with this, but we got it done. What would you expect this to look like? Oh, that's a great question. I think that overall, it would be wonderful to see that teams are feeling like true teams, right? Uh, globally, um, that um, communication is clear, it's consistent across teams, that the overall vision and values of the company and the organization are clear to employees and people feel like they're a part of that. And so, yeah, that would be, that would be ideal. And in this process, who are all the people that you believe will need to be involved? Is this bottoms up approach or is it top down? And the reason why I'm asking, because I can see a world where if it was top down, it would feel forced, but I can also feel, I can also see a scenario where if it's bottoms up, then it might not ever get done because you're stuck in the granular details of so many things. So you're thinking, well, this one company had off on Fridays and this company had summer Fridays and this company has a four-day work week. And I'm just using that as an example. I'm curious, is this bottoms up, top down, or something totally different? I honestly think that it's something totally different. And and the reason I say that is is I agree with you. I think, you know, when it comes from the top down, sometimes it does feel like it's forced. Um, when it comes from the bottom up, you may not always reach everybody. And I think the approach so far has been directly with leaders that have a direct line to employees. So it's more middle out, if you will. And I think that approach is working fairly well. That's pretty interesting. Can you tell me a little bit more about what this middle out looks like, especially for those listening who are going through the same situation and they might not even be trying to merge different companies together. They're just trying to figure out how to get everybody in the company that they have on the same page in regards to culture. So what does what does this middle out strategy look like in a little bit more detail? For me, it looks like supporting the leaders, like I said, that have direct lines to employees. And so part of my role is to support our senior leaders. And um, our senior leaders typically, you know, have meetings with their their direct reports on a regular basis. And I take note to join those meetings talk about some of the issues, talk directly with those leaders underneath that, that senior leadership group directly about what issues are, are taking place in their groups and how we can help. And whether it's that, you know, things are going great, wonderful, you know, we, we try to just continue to support them. Or if they need some additional training or they want to have somebody come in and just talk a little bit about culture, talk a little bit about, you know, what's coming up, how they can play a part in it. I think it's really about involvement in in knowing what the overall vision and values of the company are and being exposed to those on a regular basis. So, you know, yes, our I think our our senior leaders and our our from the top down need to continue to encourage the collaboration across groups. But it's also up to our middle leaders and to our employees to 
get on board with it, right? And get exposed to it and be interested in it. And I think that that's where this middle out approach, I think, comes from is, you know, really kind of just imposing, from my point of view, imposing myself on these teams to talk more about it, make sure that that they know they have resources and that our managers themselves understand that they have resources and to um, and also recognize when their teams are in need of those resources. And the last thing that I wanted to ask you about was around the technical implementation of this. So when it comes to understanding the culture from a data-driven standpoint, is this more survey or you and your team holding focus groups? Are you meeting with people on Zooms to ask to ask them certain questions about the culture? What do they like? What do they don't like? How can things get better? How can we bring this together? What does that look like in that perspective? Yeah. So far this year, it's been more about meeting with teams directly, um, but we are going to be doing um, a, a global survey this upcoming year. So I'll be really interested to see some of the results from that. Um, and then putting some plans in place with leaders on how we can address those things. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that for, for the 2023 year. And last question here. We just went through a lot of great information for anyone who is listening that may be trying to implement something similar. If there was one piece of advice or one thing that you would want them to take from this interview, if they didn't remember anything else, what would that one thing be? I would say that one thing would be make yourself available and listen um, to to all of the teams. Um, you know, don't be afraid to insert yourself in their organization and make it part of your own. Tanya, this has been such an awesome and thoughtful and transparent interview, and I really appreciate you sharing all the things that you're doing, the things that you're thinking about, and the things that you and your organization are looking to do in the future to really merge these multiple cultures under one combined company. Thank you so much for being such a great podcast or great guest on the Employee Cycle Podcast. Tanya, thank you. So Tanya, where can people find you and Clinicis online? So they can find um, Clinicis at clinicis.com online and I can be reached on LinkedIn. Awesome. We'll be sure to include all that info and contact info in the show notes. So for everyone out there listening who enjoyed this episode as much as Tanya and I did making it, please leave us a five-star rating to show that you care and we did a good job. Also, if this is your very first time listening to our podcast, but now you're hungry for more episodes, Please subscribe to the Employee Cycle Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all other major podcast platforms. And last but not least, all of you super awesome HR and people leaders out there, please continue to hire, train, and retain the best workforce possible. Thanks. Later, kids.